Welcome to the Junkyard Outreach. This is Todd, and thanks for joining me as we go through the scriptures and learn what we can to draw close to Jesus. For more episodes and information, check out junkyardoutreach.com. And now, let's dig in. Revelation 20, verse 11. Then I saw a great white throne, and him who was seated on it. From his presence, earth and sky fled away, and no place was found for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and books were opened. Then another book was opened, which is the book of life, and the dead were judged by what was written in the books according to what they had done. In another passage in the Old Testament, Daniel chapter 7 verse 10, a stream of fire issued and came out from before him. A thousand thousands served him, and ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. The court sat in judgment, and the books were opened. So written throughout the scriptures are references to books that appear to contain information about life, about people, about the things that we do. In Revelation 20, the books are open, and when the dead were standing before the throne of God, they were judged according to what was in the books. It appears that these books contain the acts of each person throughout their lifetime. It's their history, their rap sheet, if you will, both good and bad, I believe. And what the people had done is not elaborated, only that they were being judged for those things. So this is my take on the books. The scriptures teach that God is omniscient. He knows all. He has foreknowledge. In Isaiah 46, verse 8, Remember this and stand firm. Recall it to mind, you transgressors. Remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times things not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand and I will accomplish all my purpose. So there's God saying, I know the end from the beginning. Hebrews 4, 13, And no creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. In 1 John 3, 24, whenever our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and he knows everything. So this is how the Holy Spirit speaks prophetically to us. When God says something to us, it's not a prediction from his perspective. It's already known. He just simply tells us what already is. But in our humanity, in this dimension, in this material world where there is time, things aren't known yet. So we have to wait. But God knows the end from the beginning. So it's not like he's rolling the dice saying, well, I hope this happens. I think this happens. He's like, no, this is going to happen. I see it. I'm in control and I'm going to make this thing happen. So if God is omniscient, knowing everything past, present, future, then when the dead stand before him in judgment, the books contain information that is accurate because God doesn't need the books to know anything. He already knows it. But we are not omniscient. And when we stand before God, what we have done will be revealed with perfect accuracy, every thought, word, and deed. So the books are not for God. It's for those being judged according to the things that are written in them. It's like showing a burglary suspect a surveillance video where the suspect's wearing the same clothes that he's wearing right now, having the same tattoos on his arm, driving the same car that has the same primered fender. There it is. Can you explain this? Uh, Yeah, we can't lie to God. Those that are judged according to those books are going to see exactly what they did without any other perspective but God's perspective. And that's scary. And when they are judged according to the things that they have done in the books, they will understand that they are not fit for God's kingdom. They are not a part of God's kingdom. Their relationship is separated from him. It's going to make perfect sense. Their eternity will be outside of the kingdom of God, and it's going to be miserable. It's described as a lake of fire. And it may not be a literal lake, but whatever it is, it's not going to be pleasant. And there's another book presented in the White Throne Judgment, the Book of Life. This book has every name written that will inherit the kingdom of God or eternal life. 
There are four judgments in the New Testament. There's the judgment of the nations in Matthew chapter 25. There's the judgment seat of Christ for believers in Romans 14 and 2 Corinthians 5. And then there's the great white throne judgment in Revelation 20, which we just read about. And Christians debate these judgments. Are they all one lump together judgment or are they three independent judgments at different times and all that? And who cares? It doesn't really matter. But there's a fourth judgment that overshadows all of them. And that's the judgment of the cross. And I don't believe even Christians understand that judgment nearly enough. I don't think we can because that judgment, the cross, is where the Father punished him for all the things that were done in those books. So he took our punishment, what we deserved, so that we could have what he deserved. The cross opened the door to reconciliation between man and God. And those who honor this judgment by surrendering to Christ and becoming a child of God through believing in him and receiving his Holy Spirit, their names are written in the book of life. And the cross is the only judgment that we can choose to ignore. Isaiah 53, verse 5, But he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him, Jesus, the iniquity of us all. Everything written in that book, Jesus was charged for and was punished for all that sin. 2 Corinthians 5.18, all this is from God, who through Christ reconciled himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling to the world himself, not counting their transgressions against them, that's us, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us, we implore you on behalf of Christ to be reconciled to God. For our sake, he, that's the Father, made him, that's the Son, Jesus, to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in him, that's Jesus, we might become the righteousness of God. It's nothing that we do. It's all about that judgment that took place on the cross. We can't do anything to earn salvation. God poured out his wrath on his Son so that we could have eternal life. So if you want your name written in the book of life, then cry out to Jesus, who will not only forgive you of everything, erasing your sins written in the books that will be opened at the white throne judgment, but he'll also give you eternal life as a free gift. And he gives us strength and power to live our lives to glorify his name. He gives us what we need to get what we want. Those who have a heart to know God will accept him, and those that do not will not. God knows who will and will not receive him. We should also realize that those who have hearts to know and obey God are sometimes pretty surprising. Like that guy, that gal? No way, man. And equally surprising are the churchgoers that have no heart for God. In Matthew seven twenty one, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, that's going to be judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name? and do mighty works in your name, and then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. And I cannot imagine how horrifying that day will be when a person who has served in ministry is condemned before God and hears those words, I never knew you. Man, that verse scares me to death. When I was a new believer, I'm like, oh man, how can I make sure I'm not part of this? And the way you do is you draw close to Jesus. You trust him, you follow him. You don't play games with him, which many people do. And notice in that verse, it says, on that day, many 
will say to me, not just a few, many, whole lot of people playing games with God. Malachi 3.16, then those who feared the Lord spoke with one another. The Lord paid attention and heard them, and a book of remembrance was written before them of those who feared the Lord and esteemed his name. So ask yourself if you believe your name is written in the book of life. And if you have doubt, then cry out to Jesus and start delving into the scriptures and prayer. Find the book of James in the New Testament. It's towards the end and read it. The writer gets in your face when you're reading it. It's like, oh my gosh, this guy's having a bad day when he wrote this. But this is a get serious about Jesus book. And if you read that and you take it to heart, you'll see that, man, I need to be serious about Jesus like the apostles were. Philippians 4.3, yes, I ask you also, true companion, help these women who have labored side by side with me in the gospel together with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. And finally, when the new heavens and new earth are created and all God's people are existing in harmony and love in Revelation 21:27, it says, referring to the new heavens and the new earth, but nothing unclean will enter it, nor anyone who does what is detestable or false, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. So in the future, in our future, our eternity, those people that are going to inherit eternal life are the ones whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. And you get your name written in the Lamb's book of life when you become a child of God. And you become a child of God when you get serious about Jesus, surrender and repent. And he will lift you up, he will cleanse you, and he will set you on a narrow, difficult path that leads to eternal life. And it's glorious. It's tough at times. It is. But it's very much worth it. He will restore your soul. Thank you.